0: okay so we are doing srimad bhagavatam uh, canto 6 chapter 5 uh, we had stopped at uh, 17 i think so verse so we will redo the verse 18 once again all right narad muni had spoken of a swan that swan is explained in this verse the vedic literature shastras vividly describe how to understand the supreme law the source of all material and spiritual energy. Indeed they elaborately explain these two energies. The swan which is Hamsa is one who discriminates between matter and spirit, who accepts the essence of everything and who explains the means of bondage and the means of liberation. The words of the scriptures consist of variegated vibrations. If a foolish rascal leaves aside the study of these shastras to engage in temporary activities what will be the result this is another portion of the same verse which was continuing what are the different different things so one of the things which uh, narad muni explained was that there is the swan in the picture what is the swan the swan is we have uh, in our uh, kolkata we have paramahansa paramahansa is Ramakrishna paramahansa is the word that we you know we attribute to him So, Paramhamsa is an eternal swan. Basically, what happens is, he is the one who is able to dissect between the real and the unreal in a very easy manner. The way a swan, it has got some acids in its mouth, what it does is, when it is offered some milk, it will dip its beak inside that milk and it will separate the solids from the water. See, the uh, milk consists of solids and water. So what it does is when the liquid goes from the mouth inside, that, uh, inside the milk, the milk solids separate out. And that is how the swans are able to separate out the milk and the solids and the water in it. Narad Muni had spoken of a physical object made of sharp blades and thunderbolts. The haryashwas understood the allegory as follows. Eternal time moves very sharply. As if made up of razors and thunderbolts, uninterrupted and fully dependent, it drives the activities of the entire world. If one does not try to study the eternal element of time, what benefit can he derive from the performing temporary material activities? We are all driven by time. That means our time is driven in such a way that we have to keep on. When you look at the watch, the watch is going very fast every day. Every minute, every hour is going faster and faster. Whereas in the spiritual world, there is no such factor called time. Because time is frozen over there. Everything is as is. So what happens in this, in the spiritual world is, the spiritual people, those who follow the spiritual path, can, I think, okay, can jump onto anything See, in our world, if we are told that, let us say, for example, we are doing a certain task. So what happens to the person? He says, I will do that tomorrow or day after tomorrow. All right. Now, when he says that he will do it tomorrow and by today evening, the person is dead. How can he complete the task? It is impossible for that individual to complete any task. So material worldly people are always bound by time. That means if this, if somebody in the material world says that I have to do it right now, they better do it right now because they don't even know whether there is a tomorrow or a day after tomorrow. It is, it is so much, they are so much bound by time. Whereas in the spiritual world, even if Brahmaji says, give me a second. And that would be a quite a very big extended version of time so for human beings human beings might be taking more than 70,000 you know lives of theirs by the time Brahma is second or maybe a minute is past we don't know so the time factor is quite different whereas Brahma Ji is concerned and here we are talking in terms of Krishna and the time Krishna and the time is something which can never be understood imagine Krishna is at the center of the wheel there is a wheel of time, as they say in no, a chakra. The wheel of time is going round and round him. So the spokes are directing towards the center. Now think about the center and think about the wheel that is going round. The wheel that is going round the place A, point A, will come back to point A after an entire revolution, isn't it? It goes right round and then it will come to that point and it will definitely take time. Whereas the one in the center doesn't have the factor called time at at all to bother about because think about it, in the center what will be the time? There will be no factor called time because he is in the center of time. So that is how you have to see where time is concerned, it's extremely important for us to be keeping our word. Otherwise we really don't know whether we will be alive or dead tomorrow. So, eternal time, and it is made up of razors and thunderbolts. Narad Muni had asked how one can ignorantly defy one's own father. The Haryashvas understood the meaning of this question. One must accept the original instructions of the Shastra. According to Vedic civilization, one is offered a sacred thread as a sign of second birth. One takes the second birth by dint of having received instructions in the Shastra from a bona fide spiritual master. Therefore, shastras or scripture is the real father. All the shastras instruct that one should end his material way of life. If one does not know the purpose of father's orders, the shastras, he is ignorant. The words of a material father who endeavours to engage his son in material activities are not the real instructions of the father. We have one as a material worldly father. Now this material worldly father is the one who has given birth to this body, this physical body. Now, when you meet your spiritual master, what does he do? He gives you instructions in the spiritual realm and that is called the real father. Basically, he is giving you the idea of the second birth. Second birth means the one which is removed from all these material-worldly attachments. There are no material-worldly attachments. So, when you meet your spiritual master and when he instructs you in the spiritual context... That means you have got your second birth and that is the reason why they are called real instructions and not unreal. Sugdeva Goswami continued, My dear king, after hearing the instructions of Narada, the Haryashwas, the son of Prajapati Daksha, firmly convinced. They all believed in the instructions and reached the same conclusion, having accepted him as their spiritual master. They circumambulated the great sage and followed the path by which one never returns to the world. One of the greatest sages is Narada, and Narad Muni was instructed many a times in in our past. If you recollect, Valmiki was also instructed by Narad Muni, so the Ramayana got written because of his instructions to Valmiki. Okay. So in the same way, what happens over here are the children of Daksha Prajapati are following Narada. The seven musical notes that is Sare Gamma Padhani are used in musical instruments, but originally they came from the Sam Veda. The great sage Narada vibrate sound describes the pastimes of the Supreme Lord. By such transcendental vibration, such as Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare Hare, Hare Ram Hare Ram Ram Ram, Ram Hare Hare, he fixes his mind at the lotus feet of the Lord. Thus he directly perceives Rishikesh, the master of the senses. After delivering the Haryashwas, Narad Muni continued traveling throughout the planetary system, his mind always fixed at the lotus feet of the Lord. That means you have to have a mantra which will give you this continuation in your life. The Haryashwas, the son of Prajapati Daksh, were very well behaved. Cultured sons, but unfortunately, because of the instructions of Narad Muni, they deviated from the order of their father. When Daksha heard this news, which was brought to him by Narad Muni, he began to lament. Although he was the father of such good sons, he had lost them all. Certainly, this was lamentable. So is when, when somebody wins you know somebody meets their spiritual master, what happens is they follow a different set of path. When that person goes on a different set of path, what happens to the family? Here Daksha Prajapati is getting very angry and he is lamenting that he has lost his sons. So those who come into the spiritual world under a spiritual master's guidance, at that point in time, you actually let go of the material domain and you are completely in spiritual and that upsets the family members. So that is the reason why Daksha Prajapati is very upset. When Prajapati Daksha was lamenting for his lost children, Lord Brahma pacified him with instructions, and thereafter Daksha begot one thousand more children in the womb of his wife Panchajani. this time his sons were known as Sarvaslavas. in accordance with their father's orders to beget children the second group of sons also went to Nara and the same place where their brother had previously attained perfection by following the instructions of Narada undertaking great vows of austerity the Savaslavas remained in the holy place. At Nara and Saras, the second group of sons performed penance in the same way as the first. They bathed in the holy water, and by its touch, all the dirty material desires in their heart were cleaned away. They murmured mantras beginning with Omkara and underwent a severe course of austerities. For a few months, the sons of Prajapati Daksh drank only water and ate only air. Thus undergoing great austerities, they recited this mantra. Let us offer our respectful obeisance unto Narayana, the supreme personality of Godhead, who is always situated in the transcendental abode. Since he is the supreme person, Paramhamsa, let us offer our respectful obeisance unto him. So this all his second line of sons are praying to Narayana. O King Parikshit, Naradmani approached the sons of Prajapati Daksh who was engaged in Tapasya. To beget children and spoke enigmatic words to them, just as he had spoken to their elder brothers. O sons of Naksha, hear my words of instructions attentively. You are all very affectionate to your elder brothers, the Hayashwas. Therefore you should follow their path. A brother aware of the principles of the religion followed in the footsteps of the elder brother. Because of being highly elevated, such a pious brother gets the opportunity to associate an energy and enjoy the demigods like Maruts, who are all affectionate to their brothers. Sudev Goswami continued, O oh, best of the advanced Aryans, after saying seeing this much to the sons of Prajapati Daksh, Narad Muni, whose merciful glance never goes in vain, left as he had planned. The son of Daksha followed their elder brother, not attempting to produce children. They engaged themselves in Krishna consciousness. The Saraslavas took the correct path, which is obtained by the modes of life meant for meant to achieve devotional service or the mercy of Supreme Personality of Godhead. Like knights they had gone to the West, they would not have returned until even until now. At this time, Prajapati Daksh observed many inauspicious signs and he heard from various sources that the second group of sons, the Savaslavas had followed the part of the elder brother in accordance with the instructions of Narada. So the second group of children have also gone in the same way. When he heard that this Savaslavas had also left this world to engage in devotional service, Daksha was very angry at Narada and he almost fainted in lamentation. When Daksha met Narada, Daksha's lips began trembling in anger and he spoke as follows. Prajapati Daksha said, Alas, Narad Muni, you wear the dress of a saintly person, but you are not actually a saint. Indeed, although I am in a grahastha life, I am a saintly person. By showing my sons the path of renunciation, you have done me an abominable injustice. I think about it like this, there is Narad Muni on one side and Prajapati Daksha is getting angry over all his children going away into the spiritual. So he looking at David Paliya and he is telling, you are wearing this garb and you are a useless fellow. Look at me, I am such a great person. You know, I follow all the paths that are laid down in the shastras. This is what you, basically what happens is in, even in our world, no? Our parents and our elders, they are always going to look at us and tell us that you don't know what is right. You see, you have to visit the temples, you have to go to these places, you have to perform all the religious rites, you have to perform all the ceremonies concerned. Everything that is done by the material worldly people, you have to do. Whereas your spiritual master will say, these all these things are useless, they are of no use. Because actually, in, in reality, none of these things which are going to take you anywhere closer to spiritual. Spirituality is all about knowing the spirit in us. That is all that is there. And the elders in the family, they don't like somebody leaving them or, you know, actually nobody is leaving. What happens is, you follow a life of a renunciate. You literally become, you literally become, you know, redundant for these people. It's like, they may be telling you to do all sorts of things like, you know, go and visit relatives. You know how difficult it is to go and visit relatives. You will wonder, what am I going to go and do over there? Because you can't correlate to them. The relatives are going to talk about how much money they have, how much gold they have, how many houses they have, how many children. And they will ask you, oh you've got only one child, you should go for two more. Sir, as if they are going to come and take care of (laughs) of of the next one and the next one. Come on, it is not possible. There was a time when things could have worked, but today there is no such thing. There is the one thing. Then the second thing they will say, Oh, why are you staying so far away? Why you cannot come and visit us? There is too many things in the world which keep on happening. And nobody, nobody in this world are able to correlate this material worldly stuff to the spiritual people. And the spiritual people, you will always find them, they have lost in their own place. They will not want to meet anybody, they will close the door and sit in one place. <laughs> Which is very, very infuriating to the normal human beings. The normal human being, that means your parents, your relatives, and everybody around you, they will wonder something has gone wrong with this fellow or this person. They will want to say, you know, because see, you have gone in this wrong type of spiritual path. That is not the path. So, in the same way, when Narad Muni had put these people on the right path of spirituality, the father got very angry, Daksha Prajapati, and he started giving. Gali is to Narada. So he says, I am a better saintly person than you are. Prajapati Daksha said, My sons are not at all freed from their tree debts. Indeed, they did not properly consider the obligations. O Narada Muni, a personality of sinful action, you have obstructed their progress towards good fortune in the world and the next because they are still indebted to the saintly persons, demigods and their fathers. See, What is most important as per the Vedas? Okay, the Vedas are going to tell you this is for religious people. The Vedas will tell you there are three things which are very very important. First is you have to pay your debt towards your parents. That means you have to take care of your parents. Second is the debt towards your society. That means you got to get married, you got to have children. This is second. And the third one is towards the mains, those who have gone. So these are three things, God and all all these put together, okay. Now, you have to pay your debts to these three. If you don't, then you will be caught in the cycle of life and death, is what is written in the Shastras. Think about it like this. Your spiritual master will say, all this is bullshit and nonsense. Don't bother about all these things. Why? Because that is for a material worldly person, all those laws are for material worldly person. Please understand, the material worldly person doesn't understand any texts, he doesn't understand the books, he doesn't understand the Bhagavad Gita, he doesn't understand any spiritual matter for that matter. In his world, he is supposed to go to the temple or the church and pray over there, give some money over there and keep on having prayers after prayers. That is what they are supposed to do. These are called religious principles. So he is following religious principles. Whereas, those who are on the spiritual path, think about what they do. How do they follow the spiritual path? First and foremost, they don't have a family. Okay? Think about Ramakrishna Paramahansa. Or think about Shankaracharya. Think about Sai Baba. Or think about any Indra, even uh, uh, Mirabai for that matter. What parents are you talking about? There are no parents for these people. They may say, you know, when you are about to die, I will come and I will see you. Fine. That's it. Beyond that, no obligations are there. Why do they want to come and meet these people at the time of death, you know? So that they can give mukti to them. Because they are the sages, they are the saints. So when they meet their parents, they give mukti to them. That is the only reason why Shankara came back. And that is the reason why Chaitanya Mahaprabhu also followed. Again, where is a question of family, wife or children or any of these things are concerned. Think of all these people again. Where was Mirabai involved in all this process? She was completely lost in the devotional aspect of the Lord. Though she was staying in her husband's house, yet she was completely lost in the spiritual aspect of life. Ramakrishna Paramahansa was staying with his wife, no doubt about it. She was staying in the Natamantab, okay, and Ramakrishna Paramahansa was staying in his kutia. They hardly met. Only time that she would come and give him food. That's it. Beyond that, there was no communication. There was nothing in that world. So if you actually look at all these examples that I gave you, you will find that there are no obligations per se. Obligations do not remain with a spiritual person of family, parents, children, these, that. Nothing remains because that is what is taught. So that is the reason why when Narada told their children that you don't have to bother about your father or your whatever the thing that he has said, you know, beget children. Father Daksha Prajapati told this his children to go and get married and have more children. What do these children do? They say no, we want to become spiritual and they meet their spiritual master called Narada. And Narada says this is the path for you, go away. So Daksha gets very angry. So you understand that these are the three obligations which nobody is bound by the moment they meet their spiritual master. That is the reason why it is called the second birth. The second birth, that is the reason why they are called the twice born for this reason. They when they meet their spiritual master and when they start getting instructions, there is no father, mother, brother, sister, husband, wife, whoever concerned concern in the world. For them, there is only one person to bother about and there is no such thing as uh, the vratas or anything like that, nothing like that, no religious sanctions can be there for them. Prajapati Daksha said, my sons were not at all free from their three debts, indeed they did not properly consider the obligations, O Narada, O personality of sinful action. You have obstructed their progress towards good fortune in the world and the next because they are still indebted to the saintly person, demigods and their father. So he says that the children, my children owe duty to me. They are supposed to do what I am telling them to do. Prajapati Daksha continued, thus committing violence against other living entities and yet claiming to be the associate of Lord Vasu, Vishnu, you are defaming the Supreme Personality of Godhead. You needlessly created a mentality of renunciation in innocent boys. And therefore, you are shameless and devoid of compassion. How could you travel with the personal associate of the Supreme Lord? Narada is being given a peace of mind by Daksha Prajapati. <laughs> Imagine that. All the devotees of the Lord, but you are very kind to the conditioned souls and are eager to benefit others. Although you wear the dress of a devotee, you create enmity in people who are not your enemies or you break friendship and create enmity between friends. Are you not ashamed of posing as a devotee while performing these abominable actions? Prajapati Daksha continued, If you think that simply awakening the sense of renunciation will detach one from the material world, I must say that unless full knowledge is awakened, simply changing dress as you have done cannot possibly bring detachment. Daksha Prajapati understands that once you meet your spiritual master, detachment comes into play. Dispassion comes into play. Then these are the tracks which you follow once you meet your spiritual master. So at that point in time he is asking Narada how can you do like this? Just by telling these people that you can do this do you think that they have become intelligent enough to understand the spiritual text? You cannot. You have to learn the text, isn't it? See in our material world you go to all these Panditji's in this world they can recite by heart the text, you know. You, you tell them, you know, that uh, they will recite to you even the uh, Bhagavad Gita ad they will tell you exactly word to word line to line but that is not called education that is not That is nowhere going to lead a person towards the spiritual so this Dakshatra does not understand material enjoyment is indeed the cause of all ha- all unhappiness but one cannot give it up unless one has personally experienced how much suffering it is therefore one should be allowed to remain in the so-called material enjoyment while simultaneously advancing in knowledge to experience the misery of their false material happiness then without help from others one will find material enjoyment detestful those whose minds are changed by others do not become as renounced as those who have personal experience <laughs> so what happens what is Daksha telling uh, narada he says you don't understand how to these people are supposed to learn First they have to go through the experience themselves. That means they have to understand how useless this world is. And first you have to get married and then you have to understand that marriage is useless. First you have to have children and then you should know that you know how children will tie you up in your life. First you have to get old then you will understand what is old age all about. That is called experience according to Daksha Prajapati. Whereas Narada has already told his disciples, his children That there is no need for going through all these experiences. You can directly go from here to where you should go. So this is what Daksha Prajapati has said to Narada that this is not the right way. Alright. Although I live in the household's life with my wife and children, I honestly follow the Vedic injunctions by engaging in fruitive activities to enjoy life without sinful reaction. Okay. This is following the fourfold path. The fourfold path is calm. You know, you know, you have to run after all the material enjoyments in the world. And finally you have to get mukti. You remember? So this is what you are supposed to do. Dharma artha kam moksha Okay, you have to follow that path according to Daksha Prajapati. You are not supposed to go towards getting released immediately. You have to go through calm. You have to go through a family life, you have to have children and then only you can go towards that, it, that is what he is saying. That is what even most of the people do. Those who do not get a spiritual master, they have to go through these stages. I have performed all kinds of yajnas, including the deva-yajna, rishi-yajna, priti-yajna, pitra-yajna and nari-yajna. Be, because these yajnas are called vratas or vows, I am known as grahavrata. Unfortunately, you have given me great displeasure by misguiding my sons for no reason to the path of renunciation. This can be tolerated once. See, the first time when he did this, he says it can be tolerated once, but you have gone and done it twice. Second time to thousand more people. You have made me lose my sons once and now you have again gone and done the same inauspicious thing. Therefore, you are a rascal who does not know how to behave towards others. You may travel all over the universe. But I curse you to have no residence anywhere. So so Narad Muni is supposed to be a neighbor. You know like a traveler all his lifetime. So that is what Daksha Prajapati has given Narad Muni the curse. Sipdeva Goswami continued. My dear king. Since Narad Muni is an approved saintly person. When cursed by Prajapati Daksha. He replied. Tad Yes. What you have said is good. I accept this course. This curse. What he says? Whatever that you are telling me, I accept it. Why? Because any which way, he is the person who is supposed to go all over the Brahman. By the way, he has got a passport. Must be having stamps for all the planetary systems. Everywhere he is welcome guest. He is an ambassador for Narayana himself. So he is welcomed everywhere. Like a United Nations person, you know all the countries are his only no, no he is not a specific country oriented person he could have cursed prajapati daksh in return but because he is tolerant and merciful sadhu he took no action so we have come to the end of the chapter so we can we can do the next one in case because there is enough time i think all right so we have just ended chapter 5 canto 6 now we can start chapter 6 the the progeny of the daughter of Daksha. Sukhdeva Goswami said, My dear king, thereafter at the request of Lord Brahma, Prajapati Daksha, who is known as Pratesha, got six, begot 60 daughters in the womb of wife Asikni, and all the daughters were very affectionate towards their father. He gave 10 daughters in charity to Dharmaraj, that is Yamraj, 13 to Kashyapa first twelve and then one more, twenty-seven to the moon god and two each to Angira, Kashaswa and Bhuta. The other four daughters were given to Kashyapa. Thus Kashyapa received seventeen daughters in all. Now please hear from me the names of all these daughters and their descendants who filled all the three worlds. The ten daughters given to Yamaraja were named Bhanu, Lamba, Kakod, Yami, Vishwa, Sandhya, Marutwati, Vasu, Mahurta, Sankalpa. Now hear the names of their sons. O king, a son named Devarasheva was born in the womb of Bhanu, and from him came a son named Indrasena. From the womb of Lamba came a son named Vidyota, who generated all the clouds. From the womb of Kakud came the son named Sankata, whose son was named Kikata. From Kikata came the demigod named Durga. And from Yami came the son named Swarga whose son was named Nandi. The son of Vishwa were the Vishwadevas, who had no progeny. From the womb of Sandhya came the Sandhya's who had a son named Arthasiddhi. The two sons who took birth from the womb of Marutwati were Marutvan and Jayanta. Jayanta who is an expansion of Lord Vasudeva is also known as Upendra. The demigods named the Mahurtikas took birth from the womb of Mohrta. These demigods deliver the results of action to the living entities of their respective time. The son of Sankalpa. If you see, you now all these names, they are having a particular meaning. Like a moharta moharta is like, let us say, the minute. How many minutes are there? 60 minutes in a, in an hour. How many are there in one day? At 3600, 60 into 60. Isn't it? 16 to how much? 12 or 24. Right? So, that much amount of there. So, you will find that these names are classified as per time, space, location, this, that. So, you will find that they are mentioning certain things which you should just listen to. There is no need of deciphering what they are actually. See the next one. A son of Sankalpa was known as Sankalpa, and from him lust was born sankalpa, vikalpa is also there isn't it? Lust was born. the son of vasu were named as 8 vasus just hear their names from me the names are Dronacharya, prana dhruva, arka agni, dosha vastu, vivasvasu and from abhimati the wife of vasu named Drona was generated the son harsha, soka Bhaya, and so on harsha, harsha means happiness, isn't it? shoka means what? we we lament for people, isn't it? somebody dies, what do we do? we do shoka, right? bhaya, what does the bhaya mean? bhaya means you are afraid, you are fearful so bhaya, so all these are there these are nothing but part of our own domain, sir we are going through all these things urjaswati, the wife of prana gave birth to three sons named Saha, Ayush and Purojava. The wife of Dhruva was known as Dharani and from her womb, various cities took birth. From the womb of Vasana, the wife of Arka, came many sons headed by Tarsha, Dhara. The wife of the Vasu named Agni gave birth to many sons named Dravinaka. From Prithika, another wife of Agni, came the son named Skanda. Kartikeya, whose son was beheaded by Vishaka. From the womb of Sharvari, the wife of Vasu named Dosha, came the son named Shishumara, who was an expansion of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. From Angirashi, the wife of Vasu named Vastu, was born, the great architect Vishwakarma was born. Vishwakarma became the husband of Akriti. From whom Manu named Chakshusa was born. The son of Manu was known as Vishwadevas and Sadhyas. Akriti and Vishwakarma. They go hand in hand. Akriti means design. And Vishwakarma is the architect. So what do the architect do? They design something, isn't it? So do you get this point? Everything is correlated to each other. So don't don't go too deep into it. Usha. The wife of Bhavasu gave birth to three sons, Vyusta, Rochisa and Atapa. And from Atapa came Panchayama, the span of day, who awakens all living entities of two material activities. Sharupa, the wife of Bhuta, gave birth to ten million rudras, of whom the eleven principal rudra are Raivata, Aja, Bhava, Bhima, Bhama, Ugra, Reshakapi, Ajayakapat, Kapat, Prandana, Bahurupa and Mahan, their associates, the ghost and the goblins, who are very fearful, was born of the other wife of Bhuta. Bhuta, demon or what we call as ghosts. The Prajapati Angira had two wives named Swadha and Sati. The wife named Swadha accepted all the pitas as her son and Sati accepted the Atharvangvishira Veda as her son. Kashaswa had two wives, named Archis and Dhisana. In, in the wife named Archis, he begot Dhumaketu and Dhisana. He begot four sons named Vedashira, Devala, Vayuna and Manu. Dhumaketu also means comet. Kasyapa, who is also named Tarkasya, had four wives. Vinata, that is Suparna, Kadru, Patangi and Yamini. Patangi gave birth to many kinds of birds. And Yamini, Patang, you know, Patang is a kite. That's also a bird, by the way. Yeah. And Yamini gave birth to locusts, Locust, which keep on flying, you know, you get the swarm of locusts. You see, Vinata, that is Suparna, gave birth to Garuda, the carrier of Lord Vishnu, and to Anuru or Aruna, the chariot driver of the Sun God. Kadru gave birth to different varieties of serpents. Oh Maharaj Pariksit, best of the Bharatas, the constellation named Kritika were all wives of the moon god. However, because of Prajapati Daksha had cursed him to suffer from a disease causing gradual destruction, the moon god could not beget children in any of his wives. Okay, why does he do that? He runs after the nakshatras you know in in our astrological chart you will find that moon is always found running after nakshatra so prajapati has cursed him and that is the reason why he does not beget children so you will find that these astrological charts also if you see if the moon is is aspected in a certain place you will find that that person doesn't have children you know they say these things right thereafter the king of the moon Pacified Prajapati Daksha with courteous words and thus regained the portion of light he had lost during his disease. Nevertheless, he could not beget children. The moon loses his shining power during the dark fortnight and in the bright fortnight it is manifest again. O King Pariksit, now please hear from me the name of Kasyapa's wives, from whose womb the population of the entire universe has come. They are the mothers of almost all the population of the entire universe. And their names are very auspicious to hear. They are Aditi, Diti, Dhanu, Kasta, Arista, Surasa, Ila, Muni, Krodasvasa, Tamra, Surabi, Sarama and Timi. From the womb of Timi all the aquatic took birth. And from the womb of Sarama the ferocious animals like tigers and the lions took birth. We think that it's a man and a woman. Sir, there is no man and woman in this picture by the way. So otherwise you will say, how did this woman give birth to tigers and lions? Very difficult to understand. And you know, your your child will definitely say to you, you know, it is never proved. You see, I we have heard of mutation and all those things. But this kind of extreme mutation doesn't happen in this world. <laughs> it doesn't prove the theory of Charles Darwin also properly. So let us not get into it. <laughs> my dear king Parikshit, from the womb of suravi the buffalo came buffalo cow and other animals with cloven hooves took birth and from the womb of tamara the eagles vulture and other large birds of prey took birth and from the womb of muni the angels took birth the son born of Krodhavasa were the serpents known as dandasukha and as well as other serpents and the mosquitoes all the various creepers and trees were born from the womb of Ila, the Rakshasa's bad, bad spirits were born from the womb of Surasa, next time Rito you will have to ask, <laughs> the Gandharvas were born from the womb of Arishta and animals whose hooves were not split such as horses were born from the womb of kasta. O king, from the womb of Danu came sixty-one sons, of whom these eighteen were very important vrimudra Sambara, Arista, Haigriva, Vipavasu, Ayomukha, Sankushira, Swarbhanu, Kapila, Aruna, Puloma, Rashparova, Ekachakra, Anutapana, Dhumrakshesa, Virupaksha, Viparchitti and Durjaya. The daughter of Swarbhanu named Suprabha was married by Nomuchi. The daughter of Rishaparva named Sharmishta was given to the, the powerful king Yayati, the son of Nahusa. Don't worry, we are going to meet all these people along the way. Sometimes we will meet them on the road also. Yeah, sometimes you will have to go to the zoo to meet them. <laughs> and you will have to go to the zoo and say, oh, this is the son of so-and-so. And your son or somebody over there says, "Dad, what are you talking about? His mother will be a tiger. You know, you beat the tiger over there. The tiger's mother is so and so. How can he have a human mother? No human mother there." <laughs> Vaishvanara, the son of Danu, had four beautiful daughters named Upudanvi, Hayashira, Puloma, and Kalaka. Hiranyaksha, named Upadhanvi, and Kratu married Hayashira. Thereafter, at the the request of Lord Brahma, Prajapati Kashyapa married Puloma and Kalaka, the two daughters of Vaishvanara. From the wombs of these two wives of Kashyapa came 60,000 sons headed by Nivatat Kavacha who are known as Pulomas and the Kalayakyas. They are physically very strong and expert in fighting and their aim was to disturb the sacrifice performed by the great sages. My dear king, when the grandfather Arjuna went to the heavenly planet, he alone killed all these demons and thus King Indra became extremely affectionate towards him. In his wife Simhika, Viprachiti begot 101 sons, of whom the eldest is Rahu and the others are 100 Ketus. All of them attained positions of influential planets. In the influential means they are terrible in influence, you know that, no? When Rahu and Ketu are there in your charts, you are finished. <laughs> now please hear me as I describe the descendants of Aditi in the chronological order. In the dynasty of the Supreme Personality of Godhead Narayana, descended by his planetary expansions, the names of the sons of Aditi are follows. Vivaswan, Aryama, Pusa. Tvasta, Savita, Bhaga, Dhata, Vidhata, Varuna, Mitra, Satru and Urukrama. Samajna, the wife of Vivasvahan, the sun god gave birth to Manu named Shraddha Deva. And, and the same fortunate wife also gave birth to twin Yamraj and the river Yamuna. Now you will understand na, why Yam Yam. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Yamuna and Yamadeva. Both are ch- children of the same mother, okay? And then Yami, while wandering on the earth in the form of a mare, gave birth to Ashwini Kumars. Now here, mare is giving birth to Ashwini Kumars. There the uh, woman was giving birth to all the horses, dogs, these, that, and there the mare is giving birth to Ashwini Kumars. So now see, all complex history is coming out of it. Chaya, another wife of Sun God, begot two sons named Saneshkara and Sarvani Manu, and one daughter, Tapati, who married Samvarana. From the womb of Matrika, the wife of Aryama were born many learned scholars. Among them, Lord Brahma created the human species, which are endowed with an aptitude for self-examination. Pusa had no sons. When Lord Shiva was angry at Daksha, Pusa had laughed at Lord Shiva and showed his teeth. Therefore he lost his teeth and had to live by eating only ground floor. It have gone for dentures, then, no? <laughs> Rachana, the daughter of the Daityas, became the wife of Prajapati Twast. By his semina, he got in her uh, in womb two very powerful sons named shanivesha and Vishwarupa. Although Vishwarupa was the son of the daughter of their eternal enemies, the demons, the, the demigods accepted him as their priest in accordance with the order of Brahma when they were abandoned by their spiritual master Brahaspati, whom they had disrespected. Now, this story will be there in the next chapter So. So we can stop over here, I think, uh, two chapters, one and a half chapter is more than enough for you at, as of now. The next chapter will be an interesting one because it is all about Indra, how he is offending the Brihaspati, his spiritual master. Indra Dev is offending the master. Brihaspati is the teacher of all the yes. gods incidentally one of the stories which will be not there in this book I will tell you Brahaspati had a wife and she was a very beautiful looking woman one day she had gone to this river to take bath and at the time when she was taking a bath Chandra Chandra is the son of Atre Muni you know Atre Muni isn't it Atri Dattatre you know Dattatre's father the middle portion of Dattatre is uh, Chand. the Chandra. So Chandra had gone to see, he had gone to this place and he saw this uh, beautiful wife of Vrahaspati taking bath. He fell in love with her and then he tells her, you know, you marry me. She says, I am already married to Vrahaspati. Okay, Though actually you have to understand Chandra is the devotee, uh, not only the devotee, he is also the disciple of Vrahaspati he is the god he is a, he is a teacher of the gods no so this guy he kidnaps her he kidnaps her and keeps her for 1000 years he keeps her with him and every day he is ravaging her so all the gods and everybody gets angry over this thing and they wonder what is this nonsense he is doing now Finally, what they do is they go to Shiva and they tell him, please, can you tell this guy, why is he doing all these things? And finally, Chandra cannot be offended because his master is also very strong. You know what Chandra does? Chandra is very smart. What he does is, he says, you know, who is the opposite of Brahasapathy? I'll go and meet him. So, (laughs) he goes and meets the demon's guru. The, the demon's guru is Shukracharya. So he goes to Shukracharya and says, Shukracharya, can you please take me as your devotee? <laughs> Shukracharya has to take him as a devotee and finally there is a big argument between the two. You know, now brihaspati is completely lost his mind. You know, he doesn't know what to do. So Indra Deva and all the Devas are on one side. They want to fight uh, Shukracharya. But Shukracharya is extremely strong. He is very, very strong because he is... The greatest devotee of Shiva. How can you kill Shikracharya or anybody for that matter? So finally they have to do mandoli over there. You understand mandoli? <laughs> they have to do an ajrasmadi. Okay, svalpa ajrasmadi. And finally, okay. Braaspati, he gets his wife back. And Indra, and Chandra goes away. And then he gets all those. he's just now sawna. That guy needs so many wives, I don't know for what. And he keeps on running after Rohini Nakshatra and this Nakshatra and that Nakshatra. So that is the story of Chandra, which will not be there in this book, but this is <laughs> another interesting story. The stories sound very interesting, you know. But if you actually followed this text, you will find that it is talking about something. The whole material-worldly creation, in a particular format it has to appear what is the format the format is there is always something which is beginning and the beginning has to be somewhere so like i can say today that um, see if i if i look at the material worldly stuff i can say that somebody invented an x item correct now let us say the iphone was invented by steve jobs okay let us give him the credit so, don't we give him the credit of being the father of iPhone? We say these words, isn't it? We say it without knowing. He is the father of iPhone. Like that you will say, father of India, is the father of the nation is Mahatma Gandhi. Come on, you cannot have 1.2 billion children, okay? But still he is called the father of India. So in the same way it is a way of understanding how these races began, how these creatures came into existence. They are the people, they are these these are the creative energies responsible for the creation of a particular kind of a species. It could be a tree, it could be a bird, it could be an animal, it could be anything. There is always a progenitor. Somewhere the beginning has to happen and that is the reason why it is called the father or the mother of that species. Understood? So, if you take it literally, you will think something is wrong, you know. How can a woman give birth to an animal? Nothing like that is happening, sir. It's like you will wonder, you know, how can uh, Steve Jobs give birth to an iPhone? (laughs) That sounds very stupid. No, but he is actually the father of that instrument. Means what? Under his domain that thing came into existence. Was born, that item was born under his care. Same way, we also are responsible for certain things. Like uh, you may say, I I own an IP for something. Okay, (laughs) you own an IP for something. You You are the father of that IP, okay. Okay, good for you. Doesn't mean that you gave birth, physical birth to it. It has come from your mind, it has come from your being. Somewhere in the being that object has got objectified. It has become solid. It has become an object in the universe. do Do you get this? This is what it all means. And that is the reason why everybody who takes all these texts in the literal sense will always feel very funny. They will say, Dad, this doesn't happen or you know, all these atheists and all, they will say, hey, aisa one wala nahi hai. Of course, hoega. except that it is written in an allegorical or in a story form, so you just got to accept it. Hai? So, we shall end over here. If there are any questions, you can ask me, we can stop there.